And that's how the theme song goes. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Constitutionals podcast. I am your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, www.cpluscomedy.com. It's a website. Go there. Look, look at that. I did the first perfect introduction to this, whatever this is, in the longest amount of time that this has existed. Okay, that's interesting. It's great. It's been 25 weeks as my files have indicated. And yes, I do keep files on here. Some I label them and I put them in a, in a bin, in a drawer, in one of those filing cabinets under X so that they're X files. It's <laughs> a very long way for a very dumb joke that did not play as well as I thought it was going to play. I don't know. I thought maybe you, maybe you laughed at it. Who knows? <laughs> Let's get started. Let's move on to this. I want to, I got, I just got Mass Effect Andromeda in the mail. It went on sale last week for like 14 bucks and I'm excited to play it. Xbox One is sitting on waiting to start the game. It's been downloaded for days. I haven't had a chance to play it. It's Monday night. I want to get into this thing. I'm, I'm ready to see the buggy graphics and the weird facial animations that they might have fixed. I don't know, but I'm still interested because it's Mass Effect. And I'm so ready to get lost. And after that, I'll probably go to sleep. <laughs> to be completely honest, I'll play for an hour. I'll go to sleep. Hey, speaking of which, last night I fell asleep during the Curb Your Enthusiasm re- return, season nine. It was it was all right. I felt everything was a little bit over exaggerated. I felt Larry was too self aware, and it just and, it, and the sh- good Lord Chad, you mute the freaking computer. I almost cursed out loud. On this show that's supposed to be clean. Anyway, I fell asleep during the show last night. I thought I just it felt too over exaggerated. It felt when Larry was saying his his catchphrase, pretty, pretty, pretty good. He said it. He said it at least three different times, and he said it so loud and with such a huge nod towards the camera. I felt as if he was just gonna. <laughs> by, a time, by the fourth time he said the fourth pretty, I thought he was gonna turn to us and go, "I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing." And he it, he kind of knows he's a character. He knows he's his uh, big shot. He's one of the biggest comedy icons in the world right now on on television and it's i mean which is great that's that's fine for him and everything but the original the original set of eight seasons of curb i would even say well no i said the last season is pretty uh pretty less self-aware than what it is now uh, it just become it just the show got too popular and again, and now he's and now he's trying to he's not i'm not saying he's gonna try to please everybody but it's just what it feels like and uh, and that's the same reason why I don't watch Rick and Morty because I watched the first season and then uh, people get way too into things and they take it to a whole different level and I just don't want to be part of that crowd. <laughs> that sounds like a real thing. Anyway, I'm going to move on. I'm going to jump up. I rented for the first time in months a, red, a couple of Redbox things. I rented Doom, the video game. I played that for exactly an hour and a half. No, I think I played for like 40 some odd minutes. <laughs> Again, I, re- I got a free I got a free Redbox game rental and I said, I got to use it and I got to play Doom. I thought it was okay. Uh, I'm not going to, it's coming out on Nintendo Switch in a couple of months in December, I believe. And I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to invest in that, but I played on the Xbox. It was all right. Now, it's really fast and it's really, it's hard. <laughs> I guess I'm not good at shooters. It's just, it was really difficult for me to move around and, and I'm just tired of shooting. I'm tired of killing things. 
I'm tired of video games that just you're about you, you all you do is run around and kill things. And that's kind of why I'm really interested in in the Switch because when I'm playing Legend of Zelda, which I haven't played in probably a week or two, I when I'm when I'm when I'm Link running around, you know, Breath of the Wild, I'm just running around being an idiot using magic powers and and fighting bacoblins, but the, at least the fighting's fun. Or when I, I play Mario Kart Deluxe, you know. Uh, just slip sliding through 200 CC uh, and and just playing as Tanuki Mario or or Cat Peach. Don't know why I chose those two characters or Daisy. I really got into Baby Daisy. She's a ooh and Baby Rosalina. Rosalina. <clears throat> yeah, Rosalina is a character I made for a script I'm writing. Anyway, let's move on to <laughs> Captain Underpants. You guys don't want to hear me talk about the stuff. You want to hear me talk about? I rented Captain Underpants too. I also rented The Big Sick. Saw it. Fantastic, wonderful. Not going to talk about it because I talked about it way too much here. But go listen to those early episodes. I talked about it like at least in the first six episodes straight. <laughs> but I, but I, I was really interested in the Captain Underpants movie because when I was younger, of course, like any prepubescent child, and I, I was going to say any postpubescent child because I'm very interested in those books. I, I, uh, I read the books. I read all the way up to, let's see what we got. There's The Adventures of Captain Underpants, which came out in 97, 99's uh, Attack of the Talking Toilets, and then 99, same year, Jesus, he was, Dave Pilkey was working, uh, uh, Invasion of the Incredibly Naughty Cafeteria Ladies from Outer Space, and the Subsequent Assault of the evilly, Equally Evil Lunchroom Zombie Nerds, uh, uh, The Perilous Plot of Professor Poopy Pants, who was also in the, was in the first movie, Wrath of the Wicked Wedgie Woman in 2001. Uh, the big bad battle of the bionic booger boy part one the nasty night of the, <laughs> the night of the nasty nostril nuggets uh, big bad battle of the bionic booger boy part two the revenge of the ridiculous ro- robo burgers a preposterous plight of potty purple potty people i don't think i read that one. Oh, i did yeah no 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 that's the one okay so i think i stopped after 2003 because <laughs> i in the seventh grade and it was just getting too too much too much <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have that last one. Uh, but then there's a, then they have one, two, three, four, five other books in that series. It ended in 2015, but the movie was, it was wonderful. DreamWorks did a fantastic job or no 20th century Fox boy. Am I stu- no, it was DreamWorks. I'm not dumb. Okay. DreamWorks. Uh, yeah, but 20th century Fox distributed the production company was DreamWorks. Uh, DreamWorks animation did a really fantastic job and I just, I, it felt like the books it and it looked like it looked like an update of the books it the the movie's cgi uh looked is that cgi is that what i'm talking about yeah or is it just computer generated now okay the, the <laughs> i gotta get this i gotta get this crap together the movie's cgi looked really wonderful really fantastic it, it remind it was reminiscent of the peanuts movie that came out i think a year and a half ago or maybe two years ago i really enjoyed it it was good i do think uh, one, the story w- did not kick in until the last, <laughs> the last act of the movie, uh, where the last two acts of the movie, wherein Professor Poopy Pants, voiced by Nick Kroll, was actually putting his plan into high gear. But it was so hilarious from the onset. He was, of course, the villain. It was so wonderful. He says, he says something along the lines of, "I'm going. I can't wait to do to be hired here for villainy to work at the school." Anyway. It's an origin story, so if you're sick of origin stories like I am, then buckle up, because this is definitely an origin story. Uh, But the reason why I say it was miscast is because Kevin Hart was a child, uh, Thomas Middleditch was the other child, and 
those voices don't fit on small children, small, what, 10, 12 year old children like that. Ed Helms was Captain Underpants slash Mr. Krupp, the print, the very main principal. And I, th- he, w- his, his Captain Underpants was delightful. His Mr. Krupp, he does, he can't really do an angry voice and it just, he put a little bit more gravel to it. Uh, but I guess he was fine. I'm still going to say Kevin and Thomas were miscast. They should have put children in those roles. I really do. And, and I understand they want to sell tickets. They want to, they want to be able to market this movie to adults and kids. But I really believe that like the, the peanuts movie, which I saw alone as an adult man, (laughs) very alone, close to Thanksgiving. I, I think it was close to Thanksgiving. I, I enjoyed the penis movie because it was all these children I didn't know. And if they make another one, uh, then it's probably going to be a new set of children because those kids are going to grow up. But what they should have done was they should have casted two kids. They should, and maybe maybe two famous kids, maybe two of those Stranger Things boys um, or uh, I don't know, kids from other shows or whatever. But they that's what they should have done because seeing you, there's some there's a point if you follow voice acting for me, if you follow voice acting, I follow voice acting very closely. And I know a lot of voice actors uh, like John DiMaggio, whenever I see, whenever I hear his voice, see, whenever I hear his voice doing Bender, I can only picture this giant after seeing him on a documentary that he produced called, I know that voice after seeing him do interviews, after seeing him do live action shows, I think he did an episode of girls. I don't believe that's true. I think it might be wrong. I think he was on an episode of the night. Of, it was something dramatic, something dramatic. And after seeing him do something like after seeing him all these years and then hearing his voice, I can only imagine or any variation of his voice. I can only imagine just the just giant white man doing the voices. Same thing with Kevin Michael Richardson, who's now basically a part of the Simpsons. You know, the Simpsons last night, well, which is amazing. I think it was a good episode. Um, and I can only H. John Benjamin, uh, Katie Seagal. I can only imagine the people. Yeah. Let's see. Kate Micucci for some reason. I don't know why I can imagine her. Um, uh, Kristen Shaw, you know, so only, I can only see these people. I can only see them. Uh, Phil Lamar, especially cause he will, he, for a time he was in everything. Uh, uh, Nolan North cause I met him in real life. So I can only see his face and his beautiful hand that shook mine. Uh, so, I do think he that that he was that that this show the movie was miscast the show I'm thinking I saw Jordan Peele's name on the Wikipedia for Captain Underpants movie and I started thinking about oh he's also he's on Nick Kroll's show Big Mouth on Netflix and uh, that which is a good show I really enjoyed it it's it, it has Family Guy esque animation it's also co created by Nick Kroll and uh, Andrew Goldberg a writer for Family Guy so that stands to reason that's why they do that. Uh, but the Captain Underpants movie, really solid movie. I I really hope they make more soon, uh, and uh, of of course it's it's very fun, and I, I I really enjoyed it. So go give it a watch if you want. I don't know, uh, and it really holds up to the books. Uh, also, I lost my wallet this weekend. I got I got it back the next day. My cards are gone. I canceled them. Also, I'm very poor, so I don't know who's who. They're gonna try to buy something extravagant. They're like, sir. You're overdrafted a thousand dollars. You can't you can't buy anything. <laughs> Sir, you're very broke. <laughs> I stole this card. Well, that guy's got nothing. His credit score is zero? How do you have a zero credit score? <laughs> but I lost it when I went to see 
the King and I at the Fox Theater. I lost it after, uh, and I was, I was, I was, I was at a different place. I lost it like right next to the Fox Theater, though. And the the King and I was great. Got six dollars for tickets, six dollars, six dollars each, and I sat like twelve rows from the front. See that it, it was so great. We sat orchestra left, which means we were behind orchestra to the left. <laughs> Of course. And uh, we could only see diagonally to the stage. Diagonally to the diagonal right. Uh, so anytime anybody got in the back left corner of the stage, it was a no-go. But that only happened, I noticeably, three or four times. Anyway, it was great. I'd never seen that story before. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein's play come to life. And I just couldn't get words out. <laughs> That's how beautiful it was. It was great. Very funny. The The people that were in it were good. They were fantastic. I would read their name. My computer's warming up right now. I would read their names out, but the booklet is too far away. <laughs> no, it's in this drawer. Is it? Uh, no, wait, it's over here. I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, King and I, uh, directed by Bartlett Schur. This was... You can hear that I have this book. It's all wrinkled and stuff because I... I, it's uh, Kelly Youngman is uh, welcome Kelly Youngman to the company she just joined uh, I don't know why I read her name because she's she doesn't matter in the terms of the people but let me let me find if I can find the names of the people who led the cast oh there's gonna be wicked here someday okay uh, so the cast is Laura Michelle Kelly did a wonderful job Jose Lana yeah he did, also did a wonderful job uh, Joan Almedilla, Al uh, great job. Brian Rivera, fantastic. Like all these people, all these people were so good, and I'm so glad I got to see it. I'm so glad it didn't cost me <laughs> an arm and a leg. Uh, I look, also looked at tickets for Hamilton. That thing cost more than the, what I owe the rest of my car. Uh, so, but uh, it was a really good time. If you ever have a chance to see a play, take a chance and uh, buy some tickets. It doesn't matter. It's fun. Any play is great. And that was a musical, and they had a lot of songs I didn't know, so it felt good to, to do it. I'm not going to listen to those songs because there are better musicals out there. But <laughs> but uh, a lot of good. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, I lost it. Like I said, lost my wallet. Thank God, a lady working for the AT and T building next door said she found it. I <laughs> retrieved. They took the cash, which was about eight dollars. I am very poor, and uh, broke. I'm not poor. Um, and they took the cards, and they took my GameStop Power Up Rewards card. <laughs> and like, guys, it's not going to work. I don't record anything. But yeah, so there you go. Uh, also, last week. I went to my third concert. Guys, it was great. I saw Father John Misty. He was wonderful. Oh, my gosh. We was at the Tabernacle. He had uh, this big white screen behind him. And a, and if you can imagine, in the top right corner of that screen was a, a, a different circular screen that was separate from there. And it was slightly in front. So whenever he his song, I've been telling this, I've been saying this for the longest time this past week, but... His whenever one of his songs would involve him going out to outer space, it was they showed like the 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 Mars landscape in the background, and then they made 
the or no here's a better example they showed earth on the big white the big white rectangular screen and then they showed the moon on the screen that was slightly the circular screen that was slightly in front of it or it would be it uh, color coded so the white the big rectangular screen in the back would be pink and then the uh, the screen, the circular screen would be, have a heart on it. And we're just talking about love. Anyway, I think that was good. It was a really good show. There was at the end when he came back out for his encore, everybody started moving forward. I was already, since I'm by myself, I can go anywhere. I was already up front. I was maybe 30 yards, 30. No, I was less than that. It had to be like 20 yards, 20, 20, 15 yards, uh, away from father John himself. And uh, let me tell you, that boy can dance. <laughs> He's dancing like a. <laughs> I like it to do a wet noodle, just swaying in the wind. Uh, but everybody moved up. All these people. I was already in the standing area. People already moved up. And then this uh, short little woman, uh, who's a little portly, came up to me. And she's well, she didn't come up to me, but she came up next to me. We're already packed tight. We're tighter than a sardines or something like that something a, a small fish a small salty fish that people sometimes put on uh, those are anchovies <laughs> anyway we're packed t- together tightly and she started uh, swing you cannot dance to father john missy's music right now i'm just gonna tell you right now and she started th- thrusting her body right next to me and every time she would hit me and then she would turn and look at me and like, I'm dancing. Don't you dare stop me. And then I would try, I couldn't cross my arms. I couldn't, I couldn't scratch my leg. I couldn't do anything. I had to stand in a straight plank, like standing up position. It was great. It was wonderful. I had to, but I had to leave it about that encore. I said, I can't deal with her right now. I said, I might as well just get my walk going and parked about three blocks away. <laughs> I don't want to deal with her. Uh, and then also, this is uh, I know this is going very long, but there is <laughs> just looked at the timer, seventeen minutes. Uh, but last night, like I said before, was a premiere of the Simpsons twenty ninth season. God bless America, twenty nine years, twenty nine. I love this show so much, and it's had its ups and downs. And there's a lot of not a lot of not good episodes, but I still watch them constantly because the Simpsons is just something I just enjoy. I love so much. I love dearly to my heart. Uh, also new Bob's Burgers, Last Man on Earth, and the premiere of Ghosted. But we're going to talk about Bob's Burgers and Simpsons. Both of them had dramatically different openings uh, compared to their show's past. The Simpsons had a take on, you can really hear my laptop in the background, and I'm trying not to. <laughs> the, the Simpsons had a take on. Why is it doing this right now? <laughs> the fans just word down. Uh, the Simpsons did a take on Game of Thrones, uh, kind of, and they had a lot of, what is it, Lord of the Rings, a lot of fantasy, Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of those types of references and jokes and stuff. And uh, it was great. Dennis Perkins of the AV Club, giving you a shout out, <laughs> gave it a B minus. I think it was a solid episode. I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was an episode that started out and ended in a fantasy world. It didn't have to bookend it like they usually did early on in the series, uh, which what well, they still do now these seasons. But it was a really good episode. I really, I enjoyed The Simpsons and and Family Guy and Bob's Burgers and American Dad. Uh, and uh, oh, maybe Archer. Yeah, definitely Archer too, because it started out the last three seasons in different areas of the world or not eras of time. But these shows, since they're animated and since they're not really serial based, they can stand to just 
open up and have an episode that takes place in no particular timeline and just without having to bookend it with story beats that you know uh, the the Griffins are trapped in a, in on in their attic because somebody's downstairs and now they're telling story now Peter's telling stories about the different versions of history that the Griffins are involved in or um, the Simpsons or uh, Marge and uh, Homer tell how Lisa got her sex. I don't think that these, these shows have existed for some time now and they're cartoons and they don't have to establish all of this stuff up front. So they can just have episodes that just take place and in these in different planes of space and not really have to worry about anything. So the Simpsons had an episode about Game of Thrones and Bob's Burgers had an episode that was drawn uh, by the fans. And so every, I would say, I'd sniffed right on my, <laughs> I've been, guys, I had a cold this past week. I don't get sick, knock on wood, uh, but I, I, I do get colds and it's, it's really pissing me off. Uh, but they, this, uh, Bob's Burgers had an episode that was announced last year, completely drawn by the fans. Uh, and and every every few minute minutes or so, they just changed different uh, art styles. They went anime, claymation, well, not claymation, anime, uh, uh, paper, <laughs> construction paper. <laughs> I wish I knew more art styles than regular animation in anime. Uh, I guess I don't know, Flash maybe some other stuff, yarn. They it was it was really good. I enjoyed it. No, they, there was a claymation spot in there. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. And uh it was uh it was a wonderful episode. And I think the AV Club, so whoever reviewed it on the AV Club gave it a B. So, anyway, I enjoyed it. It was very fun. Very fun episode. Uh, so, I mean, you just oh, I remember there's an episode of American Dad that took place it's, it was kind of like James Bond and it just started and anyway they should that, the Simpsons and, and Bob these shows should be able to do that more they should and be, have confidence in themselves to do that more but anyway I'm moving on to the final topic which is uh, SNL's back and I'm glad uh, they the what would really surprise me this past week to learn was that Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider, Sarah Schneider, Sarah Schneider left the show as uh, head writers of SNL, they were there for two or three years and as their head writers. And I think maybe two years as head writers. And I think they're there two years before as uh, just regular writers. But Sarah is from the College Humor, the College Humor. She's from College Humor. And Streeter Seidel works at SNL, too. He was also on College Humor. Uh, Pat Castles works at Full Frontal. Just going to go through all of the old College Humor people. Uh, who are now what they're doing. Pat Castles work at, works at Full Frontal with Smith B. I think Jeff Rubin... Oh, I don't know what Jeff Rubin's doing. I know he's doing something big. Let's see. Uh, Jake and Amir, of course, are doing their... Uh, they're running their own podcast company. So, uh, God, everybody from uh, College Humor is, is, has grown up and gone, and I love them so much, and they're all great. Great, great, great people, and I just really enjoy them. Uh, so Jeff Rubin is, let's see. Oh, he's not writing. Oh, I guess he's just doing his podcast. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, he's just doing his podcast. Man, God, I miss those people. It was a, it was a, it was a great time just seeing them do their thing. Anyway, but Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider are gone. They're working on a pilot for Comedy Central. It'll probably be, get picked up if they since they left and they have that much interest in there. 
in that show. Um, good for them. I'm very happy for them. I think they also have another show in development, but who knows? Uh, who knows? The internet. <laughs> Me, because I wrote about it at some point. And um, they, SNL also picked up three new featured players, which is great. Uh, but they did not promote anybody uh, else from the last featured cast to full time. So that's still kind of not troublesome, but not worrying, but a little bit uh, frustrating. The new players are Heidi Gardner, who is of UCB fame. Lucas Knoll, I think that's his name is. Luke Knoll. Yeah, Luke Knoll. He was not in Saturday's show, uh, but Chris Red was. Chris Red, who you would know from. Uh, uh, Crap, pop star never stop, never stopping. God, I love that movie. He was so great as the friend turned enemy. I, but anyway, Chris Red and Heidi Gardner did wonderful for their first to be. Imagine to be doing your thing at UCB, just telling jokes and uh, doing whatever improv skit you're doing, and then uh, like four weeks ago, I'm, I assume this is how it happened because this is usually how the SNL uh, recruiting process works. And then, you know, uh, at, and then it's, and then someone's saying, Oh, there were uh, producers from SNL here. And now they want to talk to you, Heidi or Chris or Luke. And then you say, okay, great. Uh, they, they say, Hey, come in for not an interview, a, uh, an audition. Then you audition. And then the week uh, following say, okay, you got it. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, or, or no, to what usually happens is Lauren. This is what I learned from all the nerdists and, uh, uh, WTF podcast appearances people make is this. So this probably happened about two weeks ago. They brought them in and Lauren had a meeting with one of them. Like, like Chris, he sits down he says, yeah, well, you got a lot to learn. This is my Lauren. I've never, <laughs> never worked with him. Never met the man. Uh, yeah, you got a lot to learn. And, uh, you know, living in, in <laughs> living in New York, is a lot different from living in Chicago. And he doesn't tell you you're hired right away. He just he just says these things that that sound like you're hired. And then he says, Okay, all right, nice to nice to see you. And then you leave it you leave his office and then people are congratulating you and you say, I think I got hired and then they say, Okay, you gotta be out here in two days, <laughs> you know? And so you gotta go back home, pack up all the crap you can, and then fly back immediately. And then you get to work. And so they I, I know they were hired at least two weeks ago. Because I remember that's when the story came out. So that's great. I'm very happy for them. I'm very happy for anybody that gets hired to SNL. Uh, of course, one day I would love to work for them. So if Lauren, if you want to come down, <laughs> if anybody wants to come to Atlanta and say, that guy would be great in our mailroom. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go right to New York. I'll do it. Oh, gosh. Uh, so anyway. Uh, but then last year's featured players, uh, Vanessa. <laughs> Melissa Villasenor, she she grew on me. I I have to say I, I'm not a friend of a friend. I'm not a fan of impressionists, but she's a wonderful person. She's a wonderful talent, and uh, so she's she's doing well. She she she's doing well. <laughs> as if she as if I talk to her on a daily basis. She's she's, she's a good kid. Dude, she's doing well. Um, let's see. Uh, Melissa Villasenor, Alex Moffat, and Mikey Day. They all are still fe- featured players. Um, they didn't promote anybody. So now they have, I think a main cast of eight, seven or eight. And then they have six featured players, something like that. I, I didn't really count when I was watching the theme song. And I said, that's something about me. I still, I watch the theme song every single week. I do. I love it. It feel it makes me feel like I'm the show, but here's the thing. I record it the night it happens and I watch it Sunday morning. 
<laughs> so I still want to feel, I want to feel, I want the live feeling, but I don't want to uh, watch it live because it's 1130 at night and I'm not working for them yet. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I think it was great. I think it was wonderful. Mikey Day is definitely one of the best requisitions that that show has ever picked up. It's like within the past, you know, a few years, I would probably say 80. She really, uh, yeah, Kate. Yeah, everybody loves Kate, blah, blah, blah. But 80, <laughs> 80 and Leslie are two of the biggest talents that they probably, that they could have, that they could have gotten uh, in the, in the past decade. I really like Cecily too, but 80 and Leslie, because those are, those are two people that can definitely carry their own outside of SNL. And that's kind of what you're doing. You're nurturing, you're fostering these, uh, these people. I was going to say kids, but Leslie's like 70 years old and <laughs> not knocking her. I love Leslie. And then you, uh, then you also have, um, Oh my God! Who else? Uh, Michael Che. He he left the Daily Show like six months in because he got that audition, and he, I remember I remember that. God, that was so great because I was so happy for him because I love Michael Che. He's a sensational act, and I've been following him for a few years now. And he's just, it's wonderful to see someone you love uh, continue to go rise upward and everything. Uh, but the I would say they're mo- like the you want to get somebody who like Kyle Bennett, uh, Kyle Bennett. <laughs> Jesus Christ, uh, Beck Bennett and Kyle Mooney. You want to get those, and they got all the good neighbor crews. So you want to get somebody who's just as weird, who can create all these out there things. Uh, I would, I would not doubt that they had something to do with Ryan Gosling's um, papyrus thing. What's it called? The the Avatar papyrus font <laughs> skit. That was great. That was so wonderful. This is perfect for them. Uh, but I think. Uh, Mikey Day, he if if anybody's you know you know Mikey Day. If you've been watching Nick Cannon's Wilding Out for the past fifteen years, you know Mikey Day as one of the 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 Red Squad or the Black Squad. He's or the Platinum Squad. Is that what they called themselves at one point? Nick Cannon's squad was Platinum Squad. But he's he's definitely one of the most talented performers up there. And that is and I'm saying that confidently. He's so good. He is so good. He can play a straight man, he can really deliver jokes. Uh, and it, it is just, a, I'm glad he got it now, but it's still a shame that he wasn't noticed sooner because he has been doing this for years. He was always a standout when it came to Nick Cannon's Wild and Out. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just so happy that he's doing it. And he's, he's, he's such a, he's such a funny guy. He's such a funny act. Uh, but anyway, so that's, that's all, that's all yet. That's the SNL report. And that's what I wanted to say about that. Um, I got to move on. I got to move on. It's been 30 minutes. I've been talking about whatever for the past, whatever. So, uh, let's get back to the favorite comedians of all time. Um, by one of my favorites, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about something very serious and it sucks that I have to get this serious, but I, one of my favorite people of all time, Robin Williams, Robin Williams. He's uh, definitely been a pervasive light and pretty much everybody's life when you're a small child and you watch Aladdin and then you and then you watch, you know, Dead Poet Society and and uh, Goodwill Hunting and all of these other um, just great movies that he was a part of. And I th- he was in World's Greatest Dad when I I think that's what it's called. Uh, let's double check. Let's double check and see what this movie is called. Uh, he's, but he's definitely one of, he was one of the funniest people to ever walk the, the, the end of the earth. He can do stand. I saw him do stand up, not live, of course, 
<laughs> Why would he? Not live. I haven't seen. I didn't see him do live, but uh, watching him do stand up, it was it was wonderful. I'd never seen him get so blue and so dirty before. It's it's like seeing Bob Saget do stand up for the first time. You go, whoa, that guy can say the bad words and stuff. But I think Robin's definitely one of the, the the he can turn he can turn crap into gold. He he made Happy Feet too enjoyable to watch. <laughs> of course, I jumped to the children's cartoon. Oh my gosh. He made the last two night of the museum movies. Great. And I really enjoy this movie. So I don't know why I'm knocking on those. Uh, RV. He made, I'm naming all the worst movies. Uh, anyway, he, he's great. He's great. In a lot of movies and everything. Uh, but I remember, oh God, it's going to be so stupid and dark. I remember finding out when he had uh, when he passed because I was I was in I was still in school so I was still in Chattanooga and I had just got a job serving at a restaurant that had just renovated and a, one of the corporate people came up and we were standing there's a bunch of I'm not gonna, why am I laughing because I'm uncomfortable um, we were a bunch of servers just standing around and then I uh, I remember one of the corporate people came up to us and he goes man did you guys hear about Robin Williams. And they made us turn our phones off for some ungodly reason. And uh, I remember it was nighttime. And they said, and they said uh, you're about Robin Williams? And they said, no, what what happened? And they said, oh, yeah, he killed himself. And I said, and I just, I remember it was as if you're, <laughs> you had a weird uncle <laughs> that told jokes at Christmas all the time. And he, and he passed and, or, or uh, yeah, yeah, and he passed. And you, it, it's a feeling that you've like, someone's been around your entire life. And then your my heart just sank, and I remember, I this I remember this very vividly. I remember walking from the middle of the restaurant to the back of the restaurant and sitting down, and just getting out my phone and just reading about it. It was the worst feeling in the world, and I I just did not enjoy it. Hearing that he had passed was I I you you never know that someone is this influential in your life until the day that they're gone and it's just a shame just a just a shame that he had to go out that way and uh i just really love him and i love 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 watching him in pretty much anything it, it doesn't matter uh good or bad you know objectively or subjectively whatever it just just seeing him do his job is just fantastic and i love it i love him and uh he'll never know of course until uh, i die and go to heaven and i say robin Guess who's here, buddy? Uh, so there you go. I'm glad I could inject that sad story into your life, everybody. So if you want to hear some more sad, not sad stories, you can head to the website, cpluscomedy.com. We've got the latest news, reviews, features, interviews, and other good comedy bits that only I can provide you with. You can also, guess what? Follow us on what? Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, at cpluscomedy. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at White. You can like us on Facebook. Continue listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm repurposing the ending from news time. Uh, you can also head to youtube.com slash C plus comedy slash slash C plus comedy. Shane youtube.com slash C plus comedy. You can get a whole bunch of uh, videos about the show called news time, which is a wonderful, wonderful show. I watch episodes of it all the time to get those view counts. up. <laughs> I watch it all the time. You should definitely watch it. It's a great show. Uh, it's me talking about news about the uh, the news of the week, news that you didn't know about, 
and it's uh, basically long form stories that I really enjoy writing and no, I hate writing them, but I enjoy performing them. I, will, I hate, <laughs> I enjoy performing. I hate writing them. I hate editing them and I hate uploading them. <laughs> I have to think of titles. So, uh, watch it. This week's episode is about, um, boy, I do not remember. It's been so long with these things. This week's episode is about, oh, uh, women and minority first-time directors in television. The DGA did a study, found out that the numbers are increasing thanks to their initiative, what they're doing. So you should uh, just watch it because I don't want to spoil it all. But anyway, numbers are good. So, yeah, there we go. Okay. All right. This is a long time. I'm going to uh, go play Mass Effect Andromeda. Wish me luck. I'm going to make Taylor Swift Shepard. Nope. Shepard's dead. Or Shepard's, well, my Shepard's dead. Anyway, thank you. Uh, bye. Thank you.